Welcome to the Ethos Forum podcast. I'm your host, Mark Douglas, and today I'm talking with Professor Derek Richard. Professor Richard is an expert in DNA stability and repair. He has published in Nature and made significant drug discoveries. But it is not his science we will be discussing today. Rather, it is his views of leadership in the research environment. Derek, let me start by asking, when are you at your best? When, when I harpiest is when I'm actually doing the research uh, myself. I'm spending more time solving the problems, working with the teams within my group to solve those problems. Uh, I, I guess you could then look at when I'm most uncomfortable, and that's when I'm, I'm doing administrative duties uh, within uh, any enterprise, especially within universities. They take ever-increasing times uh, out, of, out of your working week. So your research questions that started your career are still uh, your primary passion. Yeah, exactly. Many many academics mature through their career and become um, leaders of, of departments or leaders of schools, etc. Uh, but uh, my, my foremost passion is, still remains within the science that we do. And um, my role as a leader is actually just to enable that science and so we can continue to do the, the great work that the team does. So you say to enable the science that we do. So behind you and your research question is a team. Exactly. You know, uh, as I've matured as a scientist, I've obviously developed a team of uh, researchers uh, behind me. And, and they're, they're the critical uh, part of the puzzle. You, you get the right team together, you ask the right questions. And, and the way we approach it, we, we do work as a team. We're a multidisciplinary team. We all work together. Uh, and and what we're, our structure actually resembles not traditional academia, but we're more like a drug company in how we set up. So we, we do everything from discovery biology all the way through to translational biology and the development of therapeutics or markers of disease. Um, so when you talk about a multidisciplinary team, what are the disciplines you've got here working together? So the group's uh, become uh, rather large over the last few years, so we're, we're now sitting between 40 and 50 individuals in the team. And the team's really been assembled into team leaders who are uh, leading academics uh, below uh, my level as the, the director of the team. And they're, they're the people, they're the younger people, they're the, the ones with the imagination and the passion to drive these projects. But we split ourselves into two different types of team leaders. We have discovery team leaders. Mm. They're looking for the new targets to target in disease. They're doing the basic biophysical work all the way through cell biology. And then they hand over to teams of other scientists, and these are the drug discovery team that we have. A team who do preclinical models. They look at the uh, clinical application or preclinical applications of the targets and the drugs. Uh, and we also have uh, physiologists uh, in the team and we have other uh, technologies such as mass spec, uh, which enables other projects. So in effect, those that are involved in the fundamental work almost hand over a baton that is their research to the next team to take it further on. Exactly. They, they hand over the bat and it doesn't become that they're not involved in the project anymore, that it's still intricately yeah. involved in the project. But what they do is they utilise expertise that the other team members have to bring their new target, new drug to the next level. Um, so our drug discovery team, we have five people in the drug discovery team and that's usually the first court that we'll move into and have a look at. We'll decide whether the new target is druggable uh, and then we'll move from there and try and develop drugs towards that and then move on to preclinical after that. Well, just looking at one of those teams, the drug discovery team then, um, most teams require 
a target or a number of targets that are identified as goals and they need to measure their performance against those goals that builds motivation mm-hmm. what then for that team are the goals that drive them and motivate them so the, the drug discovery team is actually in itself multidisciplinary we have uh, structural biologists in there we have medicinal chemists in there and we have molecular dynamic simulators in there so basically mathematical uh, scientists and and so they're actually driven by the goal so one big part of the lab is that we have painted a picture of what's going the future looks like and we bring in the passion of all our research all the way through so they're driven not only by their own passion to develop these drugs but it's also by the passion of the discovery biologists into this is the target we need to hit this is why we need to hit this target and this is what the future is going to look like if we can hit this target and so we don't work on individual team morale per se it's more to do with the whole group it's the big picture it's the big picture so so you said we've determined what the future is going to look like for us that desirable future what is that that desirable future is really shaking the academic model on its head we are moving from a lab that's driven by the publication of papers and manuscripts. Now, clearly we still do that, uh, but that's actually just a consequence of what we do when we're moving towards making a difference to human health. So you're really disruptors. Yeah. You're terrorists in the, <laughs> in, in the research sense. Yeah, yeah, we are, we are. and um, and But we're now a model that's getting looked at. No, uh, originally, we were maybe foreseen as, as something it was disrupting, something wasn't sitting in the nice comfort blanket of the academia within the university. But now they're actually starting to look at us, well, wait a minute, maybe they, they, they do have it right. You know, academia is a very tough life, and it's treated as an individual's life. You no, know, every individual's competing against the next individual. Well, we're not doing that. We're a team competing against everyone else. We're a team working towards a single goal, and that is to actually develop products or markers that will make a difference to the health. So your goals are making a difference to human health, and indeed the publications are probably publications owned by the team, not necessarily individuals. Exactly, yeah. But uh, but the university culture is often one of individual progression, measuring yourself against your peers. Exactly, yeah. The the metrics and KPIs that researchers get measured by are individual metrics and KPIs. Mm -hmm. They're not team metrics. And and that's where I've kind of changed that model and and we are working together as a team. Now, we work together as a very effective team. We are getting publications. We do bring in grant funding. So that keeps everyone happy uh, at the university level. But I think the lesson is that the team actually does better than the individuals would do on their own. That's how we we push things forward. So... You've obviously got a very strong research culture here and a strong team culture. Do you have any specific actions or strategies that you undertake in order that that team work remains strong? So uh, one of the integrations that we we do is we we do approach every project. So the discovery biology projects get approached in a whole team manner. So we we the discovery biologists talk about the t- new target, what it does in the cell, but we at the same time we have everyone there. The medicinal chemists are there, the structural biologists are there, other uh, the preclinical people are there, and and so the the whole collective body is discussing this project and and, and moving it forward. So you've deliberately avoided any siloing that everyone's there at the same time asking questions that are relevant to them as they move forward. Exactly. Problem is seen not as an individual's problem, but as a problem for the whole group. We are a solution-based. That's one of the, the big things, ethos, I'd say, of what we do is we're a solution-based lab. So if there's a problem, we don't complain about the problem, we find a solution for that problem. 
It sounds like you have a lot of meetings. We meet weekly, mm-hmm. uh, and then uh, we also meet as a, a larger group twice a year where we have retreats, mm. and we actually go through everything and, and really take those six-month periods to take stock and measure of where we are mm. with a project and where we're going with that project. Mm. Uh, and we will make hard decisions. We will decide not to pursue a project if it doesn't look like it's going anywhere. Mm. You know, we're happy to drop projects as, as happy as we are to can you put projects on. Derek, uh, in terms of um, some more pragmatics about the team, and, and you obviously have PhD students and postdocs and, uh, and a whole ecosystem of, uh, of researchers, do you keep your postdocs here after a period of time or do you encourage them to move? Do you have any little rules yourself that encourage diversity or, or growth of careers? So we certainly grow careers. With PhD students, we always encourage them to move on. And that's really to culture. You know, if you stay in one lab the whole time uh, during all your training, then you you have a very closed mindset of what the capabilities and possibilities out there are. So we always encourage the PhD students to move on and to do their postdoctoral period elsewhere, abroad, uh, etc. That's a really, uh, I think, an important part of training. Uh, There's no point staying in the same lab as you did your PhD. It might be productive for you, but it won't open your eyes to the possibilities that are out there. Uh, Internally, we have created a a structure inside our group which can see people recognised and promoted through the system. So what was important when I first started to develop the the team that we have now is that we have a a promotion structure. So we have postdocs, we have postdocs in the lab. Postdoctoral fellows can move to team leader positions with set KPIs. And so those team leaders are very capable postdocs. They're able to run their own research team. Uh, Once they've matured and developed as postdocs, they move on to group leaders within the structure. And again, that gives them a lot more responsibility. And then ultimately, it's, it's designed that I one day can leave the group and it won't end. So that somebody will take my place and the team will be perpetual. So if I leave, the worst thing I ever see is if a group leader leaves and the entire team disintegrates around it. And it happens a lot within research, doesn't it? Yes, it does. It does. The idea of what we've built here is that it's more solid than that and it does not fall if I fall and leave. Well, that concludes part one of my conversation with Professor Derek Richard. In part two, we take up our conversation when I ask him about his commitment to build leadership skills within his research team. I think you'll be surprised. Mm